0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Sixth grade, Woodlawn Junior High West Monroe, Louisiana. West Washita Parish, to be more precise. And, uh, man, sixth grade. This is back in 1980-something-something. And, um, man, I had a crush on this girl named Terry. Now... Um, names protect names uh withheld to protect the innocent uh will not share Terry's last name although I have remained friends or reconnected through the wonders of social media in 2021 and uh, I did get Terry's permission to share about the crush I had on her in 6th grade this was those this was that you know uh you're 11 12 year old boy and 12 13 year old girl and you have this crush and man I just I really I loved Terry Valentine's Day came, and you do the thing in sixth grade, at least in the '80s, when you brought uh, Valentine's cards or something for everybody in the class. You had a list of the class, you put their name, you wrote Valentine to them from you. Mine were probably Batman Valentine's cards or something like that. But uh, I remember sixth grade, and I remember Terry and the crush I had on her, and I wrote a special Valentine note to her. And I said, I really do like you. Will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> and she—I remember she got it, and she looked across like the the classroom and looked at me and grinned and shook her head no. <laughs> can you believe it? Valentine failure. That's it. The truth is, at one point or another, we all experience failure. Think about yourself. What are some? What are some ways we can respond? To failure, whenever failure happens. Well, today we're starting this short series that we're calling Denim, A Life That Fits. And and what happens is, is that our failures leave a stain on our lives, or they can leave a stain on our lives. Something that that may or or may not be easy to spot, just like stained denim. And I've got some stained denim, and I I understand how it can be difficult, sometimes even impossible, to remove those stains. Now, we're going to look at how today there's like four areas of failure that might leave a stain. And I got this a number of years ago from a pastor named Troy Grambling. And, uh, and so this is where I got this idea from. And so here are the four areas of failure that may leave us stained. Relational failures. Relational failure. Marriage. A breakup. A divorce. And parenting. Relationships. Good friendships. And something goes sour. We can, have, we can be stained by relational failure. Number two is task failure. Like task failure. Like it, it it didn't I didn't do what I was supposed to do or I couldn't do what I was supposed to do and there was task failure. Number three is moral failure. Moral failure like you like breaking a commitment and you feel stained from breaking that commitment a stealing lying these are these are would be considered a moral areas where we may we may experience moral failure and they could leave us stained and number four is career failure, like the success you hoped for hasn't happened yet, <laughs> and maybe it never does maybe it's been delayed, or maybe you look back and go, Man, what a failure <laughs> We can experience these. We walk around with our lives stained by failure, just like we may walk around in stained denim. Some stains are big and some are small, and some no one else can see but ourselves. And I want you to know this today. You may be stained, but you're not finished. Henry Ford said, failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So with that in mind, let's jump into the scriptures today. We're in in, uh, Psalm 51. Psalm 51, and I encourage you to grab a Bible and turn there if, uh, for our time together today. And here's like the backstory. And When you read the, the the Bible, when you read scriptures, uh, when you read the Psalms or any place, if you can find out what the backstory is, it would so much help you to understand the context that it was written in. Because we, we misunderstand a lot of stuff in the Bible because we don't understand the context it was written in. Now, Psalm 51 was written by David, and David was the king of 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 Israel. And David had experienced a great relational failure, task failure, moral failure and career failure, all wrapped up in this one episode. You see, David was a king And this story is found in in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, if you want to look it up. And and David is the king, and it's the time when kings go to war. That's the the time frame. That's the part of the narrative that we need to know. The only thing is, David, who had been someone who was a a leader, a general, who had led troops into battle, and now he's the king, and instead of leading the troops to war, he sends them out to war. So he has a a, a task failure right off the bat, because he's not doing what it is he's supposed to do in the context of his culture. Instead, he's up one day on on this 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 rooftop area of the castle uh, of the palace, and he looks out and he sees this beautiful woman taking a bath. Now, in this culture, in this day, you you if you were on uh, you were on a level above, you could easily see around you. And being the king, you probably have the highest vantage point to see everything, and could easily see the place where this woman, whose name is Bathsheba was taking a bath he calls his assistant and he says go find out who that is he comes back and says hey king david um her name is Bathsheba. she is the wife of your friend uriah now uriah is he's he's uh uh he's he's to war okay he's he's to war he's he's one of the soldiers he's out there and david says i want her bring her to me I guess it's good to be the king, right? So, so she comes, they have this affair, because who is she to deny the king what the king wants? And this is, again, culturally, in, in our day, in our age, this, this story is like, wow, this is so horrific. Culturally, this is kind of what happened back in thousands of years ago when this story, this, this narrative comes from. So that so this is again the backstory of Psalm fifty one. We're going to read in just a minute. So David and she have an affair. She ends up getting pregnant. So he calls, Hey, get Uriah back here. Get get him back off of the uh, off the front lines. Uh, and have him come back. His in his mind, he's thinking if he will come home and sleep with his wife, then it'll, everybody just assume the baby's his, and, and there, I'll be I'll, I'll be off the hook. Now The thing is, he came home, but he refused to go in and stay with his wife. He said, How could I come home and enjoy the pleasures of, with my wife? when my brothers are out there on the battlefield i will sleep on the steps of the palace until it's time for me to go back so david sent him back with a sealed note sealed note to the general the gen- to the general it said put uriah on the front line when the heavy when the when the battle gets the heaviest when it's the hottest part of the battle pull everybody back except him in other words he said murder him basically and he does. This happens, and the word comes back. And so after this time of mourning comes, David then, playing the hero, that's in quotes, <laughs> he calls for, hey, let me bring Bathsheba in and become my wife, along with his other wives, by the way. Uh, Come and be my wife because she was the wife of my dear friend, Uriah. So she comes in. The baby's, uh, the baby's coming, and that's kind of the story. We'll, pay, we'll talk a little bit more as we go because that's, that's the backdrop. Now, Psalm 51 is, is after the fact. Because this uh, prophet, Nathan, had come to David and he had said, uh, he told him the story. He's like, hey, there's this guy who had, who had plenty of sheep. He had all the sheep you could think of, but his neighbors were coming to visit or his friend was coming to visit. So he went to his neighbor and, and took his neighbor's only sheep and, and had it uh, uh, slaughtered for, the, for a feast for them. And David said, you know, he said, oh, who is this? Bring me that man. I will, I will have him, uh, I'll, I'll take care of this. And Nathan said, it's a proverb, and you are the man. In other words, he's reflecting. He says, hey, I know, and God, God knows, and I know what you did with Uriah and with Bathsheba. And so out of that, this is the context that David wrote Psalm 51. Out of that situation, out of being confronted by Nathan the prophet, David writes, have mercy on me, O God because of your unfailing love because of your great compassion blot out the stain of my sins wash me clean from my guilt purify me from my sin for i recognize my rebellion it haunts me day and night against you and you alone have i sinned i have not done what is evil have i not done what is evil in your sight you will you will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but your desire, you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back the joy of uh, my joy again. For you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you, and I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Now, more stop there and just kind of take it from there. Here's our big idea. You may be stained by failure, but don't give up. Jesus does amazing things with our failure. Whatever your failures, whatever the stains are on your life, don't give up. Jesus does amazing things with our failure. This is called redemption. Redemption. So so here we go. Failure stains, but don't quit. Failure stains, but don't quit. My wife, Shelly, was a number of years ago, we lived in, in another state and in, in, in the home that we were renting and she was doing this painting project and she had this green paint tube and the paint was stuck in the green paint tube. And so she was trying to Get this unclogged out of this little tube of paint or this kind of paint. And, 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 and so, what she did was she kept squeezing it, hoping that that little, that little blocked part would just kind of ooze out. So then she could have the, get to the good paint. The only thing was, it didn't ooze out, it shot out. And green paint exploded in this line, kind of this line across this, this dining room area. And it hit the walls in this splatter line, and it hit the, the window, the, the, the screens on the window. And and it was there. Now, a couple of years after that happened, we 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 moved, and as we were cleaning, we we what we realized was we had cleaned completely the stains of the walls and repainted and cleaned that up, but on that that window, on that on that that screen on the window, that green was still there from that green paint. See, some 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 think that there that there's some stains. That just don't come out. Like the stains on that, that screen window, it just didn't, just didn't come out. Is that true? Do we have stains in our lives that just don't come out? When, when we fail, there are consequences, but we don't quit it's the same with David's life the denim of his life was stained with failure but there, and there were consequences of that here's the thing and again culturally understanding this story is, is difficult for us but this is the, these there were consequences Second Samuel 12 verse 13 says David said to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord Nathan replied yes but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin but you have given the enemies of the Lord great opportunity to despise and blaspheme him so your child will die the 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 child of this adulterous relationship with Bathsheba and David, this child would, would die. David faced the consequences of his failure, but he didn't quit trusting God. He fasted and he prayed that that child would be spared, and when the child died, he continued to trust and serve God, even though it didn't go his way. And even though the denim of our lives had been stained, David and, uh, their lives had been stained, David and Bathsheba, they had another child, and his name was Solomon, who would, bring, uh, who would become a great king. See, they didn't quit quit redemption the words of psalm 51 show us that that david was feeling alienation because of his failure but we see that god hadn't forgotten him you may have a big stain of failure on your life today but god hasn't forgotten you there's a there is a stain on our lives there there are consequences but you can't quit i can't quit some of us have small stains some of us have big ones and, and god still uses us I know there are some of us here today who are listening and who are thinking about quitting. You can't quit on life. You can't quit on yourself. Don't quit on your marriage, and don't you quit on your God. And face your failure. Face your failure. Don't make excuses. You know, I was uh, looked up some, some of these uh, claim uh, actual quotes from insurance claim forms. And these these are uh, you know when you can you can Google this and find this um, the actual quotes from insurance claim forms. So, so when we say don't make excuses, here's an example of going the other way. Here's here's one. Coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree. I don't have <laughs> another one. Is my car was legally parked as it backed into the other vehicle? Okay. How about this one? An invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car, and vanished. <laughs> Imagine that on your on your insurance claim form. here we go uh, uh, in my attempt to kill a fly, I drove into the telephone pole. Now, if it 's a wasp or something like that i could I could see, but that's crazy. one more, one more, one more. The pedestrian had no idea which direction to run, so I ran over him <laughs> i'm thinking well, that's fair. <laughs> Don't we do this, though? Don't we, don't we make excuses, and we often blame our failures on something else or someone else? It, it, it can be hard to admit that we failed. It can be hard to admit that sometimes our stains are the result of bad decisions. Look at what God does in David's life. He, he, he presses the issue. God sends the prophet Nathan to help David face his failure. In 2 Samuel 12, uh, verse 7, says, Nathan said to David, You are the man. You know, that, that, David had said, bring me the man who, who did this thing. He, he took his neighbor's only sheep to, to feed his friends. And Nathan says, you're the man. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? See, this is where Psalm 51 comes in. David is dealing with his failure face to face with God. And that's what Psalm 51 is. Until we're willing to admit our failure, you will never be able to learn from your failure. Sure, sure, the actions of others may, may get some stains on the denim of our lives, but, 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 but we have to be willing to admit our own part, like where we have failed in something. There, there are very real stains that may be caused by someone else. But even so, don't use that as an excuse to give up, and don't use that as, as an excuse. Commit to succeed. Commit yourself to succeed. Think about some famous failures: Albert Einstein, Michael Jordan, who was cut from his high school uh, basketball team before he went on and became the goat of basketball. Walt Disney failed his. Steve Jobs failed his. Oprah Winfrey was 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 told, you know, you can't, you're you're uh, you're not good enough to be on the news on on the TV. And here she is. The Beatles, they were cut. Queen was told, Bohemian Rhapsody will never be played on the radio. <laughs> all stained by failure, but don't, but they didn't quit. They faced their failures and they committed to succeed. What is necessary for you to succeed? The question to ask yourself is, am I committed to make it happen? We, we do this all the time we'll start a diet okay we're we're in february we've probably are uh started this year with a diet of some kind and now we've (laughs) it's already a month in and we have uh already gotten gotten away from that but uh but we do that right we'll do things like you know we start a diet then we'll go down here to johnny's pizza to get some salad i'm just going for a salad now if you're going to succeed at your diet you don't go to johnny's pizza for a salad and we do this all the time we do it in business we do it in relationships we do it with ourselves we set ourselves up for failure because we don't commit to succeed. Now we go back in 2nd Samuel chapter 12 verse 24, David David comforted Bathsheba his wife. Okay, now they had been married. He comforted her after the after the loss of the baby. He went into her and he lay with her. She bare a son and she called him Solomon and the Lord loved him. This word "love" we find here. The Hebrew is the word "ahab," "ahab." It means it literally means a commitment. It, it involves a choice of deep affection. That's what this word means. She loved him. God, the Lord, loved him. David made the choice to have deep affection to Bathsheba. He moved according to his commitment to her and to God. God makes the choice to love them. Now, verse 13 of Psalm 51, David makes a commitment. I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. He says, I am going to commit to succeed from now on. He says, I'm stained by failure, but I'm done making excuses. I'm, I'm committing to succeed and living the life you have for me, God. Then the moment of failure is the opportunity to make a commitment to success in the future. The question becomes, in the moment that our denim, uh, the denim of our lives is stained by failure... What can we learn from that failure? And will I commit to success in the future? In order to do that, you'll have to embrace humility. David says here in verse 4, I have done what is evil in your sight. He's the king, but he humbles himself by recognizing there is one even greater than the king. Now, the famous Hebrew proverb, Proverbs 16, 18, says from the message paraphrase, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. See, when our pride starts to get in the way, that's when we have to embrace humility. What we do too often is is we overestimate our ability to just handle it all ourselves. We underestimate the strength and power you gain from coming humbly before God with every stain, every failure, every area of our lives. If you've failed in a certain area, there's 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 reason to take special concern in that area. Don't let pride put you in a situation where you, you've already been stained. You can set yourself up for a bigger stain of failure. Embrace humility. Because Jesus is our stain remover. <laughs> Not to be too cheesy with this, but Jesus is the stain remover. And this is good news, because some stains... Some stains can be completely taken away it's like this tied to go instant stain remover which i discovered a few years ago it's like like a pin and uh if you, you know, get a stain on your shirt you can rub this 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 pin on it and it's like it's like tied uh, like, like a laundry detergent and you can just clean it right there crazy when failure stains the denim of our lives wouldn't you agree that that what we really want is to have that stain removed we have so much failure and it stains our lives. What we really want is to have that stain removed. In David's story, we see that he found that God was the remover of his stains. And God's desire was to create a clean heart within David. So a life lesson from King David from, in Psalm 51 is anywhere our lives are stained, God can do the God does the cleansing. God does the cleansing. Anywhere. I'm telling you now. Anywhere your life is stained, God can do the cleansing. From the inside out, he removes the stains uh, uh, on the denim of our lives. Sometimes it takes time for that stain removal to be seen by others because it's an inside out process. Isaiah one eighteen says come now let's settle this says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet I will make them as white as snow though they are like red like crimson I will make them as white as wool see Jesus says to us no matter how much we've spilled on ourselves even if the stain over here this one over here this really ugly stain on our on our lives is someone else is doing and, and no matter how big our stain he says I can remove that I can I can, move, I can, remove that. So don't give up. Find redemption in Jesus. Just like I found redemption in sixth grade. <laughs> Not that it matters now because I, I have an amazing wife and a wonderful life, but it was huge to a sixth grade boy when Terry, the same girl who had said no to being my valentine, wrote in my sixth grade yearbook to a good-looking boy who I enjoyed knowing. P.S. I hope to see you next year. Oh, man. Break my heart on Valentine's Day. Send me off with a great summer by writing in my yearbook. See, redemption. God puts the unstained life of His Son, Jesus, over your stained life. So how do I get the stain out? It cost Jesus His life. And only the unstained life of Christ can get your stains out. But He can get them out. So I'd say, take the next step, okay? Let's let's take take the next step. Take a step forward, putting whatever that failure is behind you, whatever yours is, put put the failure behind you, and ask Jesus to remove any stain on your life. Lord, I'm asking you now, Lord, that we would come before you, and we would keep walking forward with you and in your grace and in your peace by the power of your Holy Spirit within us. And, Lord, we have been stained. We have failure in so many ways lord and it may be relational or it may be uh vocational lord it may be it may be all all of these things like david in our story today but lord we know you are the stain remover jesus you remove these stains you remove our failures you make them new you make us like white as snow white as wool and lord that's that's who we are that's what we need there's a we don't have to we don't have to uh just continue in our failure we don't have to keep failing over and over again the stains can be removed and we can move forward by your strength your power your grace and your mercy thank you lord in jesus name amen thank you for listening to the awaken natchitoches podcast it's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message Find out more about Awaken Church at AwakenLA.Church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.